Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 251 for September 2nd, 2020. My name is Phil Pinsky. With me, as always, is Bill Lutz and, of course, Tim Sway. Uh, this week we are, of course, again brought to you by Klingspore's Woodworking Shop, and the uh, the promo item of the week is the 50-tooth combo blade, where you will get 10% off using the codes BROCCOLI, UTILIZE, or DISAGREE, and I will have the link to that product on our website, reclaimedaudiopodcast.com, so check that out. I mean, everybody needs a new blade every once in a while, right? And uh, and this one lets you get a good deal. I don't have mine yet because Canada, but um, I will be I will be getting it soon. But from everything that I've heard from people who've used it, this is the blade to be using. I will confirm that once I have it. I've used it. I love it. I I got mine two weeks ago now. <laughs> <laughs> Just about. It, uh, mine showed Wait, are up. Are you bragging right now? Mine what showed up before Mike mailed it. Um, so he, he has. How does that work now? Well, we have a time <clears throat> time loop between me and gotcha. you know, the woodworking gotcha. shop. But um, when you're done, yeah, Tim, no, let I, me know because I'm going to use this you, for my what have I been up to. But go ahead. What? Oh, the time loop? The time machine? You build no, one? Go ahead. No. Huh? Okay. But I've used the blade, and it's, it's fantastic. And I, I shot. Um, I'm shooting a video as as you guys are too, uh, f- to show off this blade. So um, you guys can uh, be looking for that fairly soon. We have a we have a few weeks to do it. I feel I don't know why yours isn't yeah. done yet, but um, yeah, no, I've been using it for a while now. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's easier with the blade. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, details. You be an amateur, but yeah. Uh, the the first thing I noticed about it um, was the sound, like when I turned my saw on and the and the pitch. Of the like, it's yeah. you know like that kind of. I was like, oh, I was like, wow, this is like the real deal. Like this thing is well balanced and it sounds it sounds fantastic. Um, mm. And so then, of course, I started ringing it by like you know when it was not spinning. Of course, completely spun down. I started flicking it with my finger to go ding, and it kind of sounded like this, <laughs> but a little lower pitched. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bill, do you have any words of wisdom on the subject? Well, I, I, I think it's a little out of context because we're talking about this as if anybody knows what we're talking about. So what's going on is we're, we have a saw blade for 10% off. Everybody should check out from Clean Sports Woodworking Shop uh, using, utilizing the best promo code to get that money off for 15 20, I don't know, half off. They might be free. Use, utilize, and find out. 10%. Oh, it's 10%. 10%. Okay, so yeah. anyway, yeah. Um, but... Tim is just talking about it. Phil's talking about not having his. Why they're even doing that is because all three of us are going to get one of these blades, and we're going to make a video. And um, that's what Tim is talking about. And, and I'm glad that you've started using yours, and you like the pitch and everything. I have also had mine for a couple of weeks. Sorry, Phil. And I have mm-hmm. used mine. And this is the funny part. So what have I been up to? I've been... <laughs> I've been I don't remember asking that. But go ahead. Well, I, I just because I, I I'm really not up to nothing, but I have something to fill in the space with. Um, so these things come packaged in the mail. When you get yours, it's going to be an almost like an LP, an old vinyl record, just well packed, right? Okay. And Sleep. it's about that size. So what, <laughs> what I've actually been using mine because I haven't taken it out of the package yet is as a plate holder for dinner at night because. 
Casey brings me out a plate. We don't have a kitchen table. We sit down and eat it. And normally the plate's not hot, but it's a little bit hot, so I have to sit it on my lap and kind of wait. And I like to hold it. So I, I had my saw blade sitting by my table because it came in the mail, and I looked at it, and I put it next to my chair. And so now when I get my dinner plate, I set it on top of the saw blade package, and it's not hot, so I can hold that while I eat my dinner. And so mm. You're using it as a trivet. Yeah, a trivet. And it's fantastic. I'm just saying, right now, that alone is well worth the money. It works extremely well as a trivet. Kling Spores, please do not cancel our business relationship. <laughs> Mike, just talk to me from now on. Obviously, I, I, I mean, will, Phil however, can't even get take your it stuff. out of the package, and I'm excited to use it because the only blades I really use are combination blades because I just I'm not a fine yeah, woodworker too. and I'm not right. A That's what this contractor. is. Yeah. So this is a combination blade. I'm excited about that. It will compare mm-hmm. very well to the blade I always get 90% of the time because I'm not going to run out and buy a $200 blade, but I don't want the cheap ones that you use three times and they're dull. So I, I you know the average blade. A good solid blade is affordable and it will last a while. So I'm excited to see how well this works, other than a trivet. Okay, I know we're we haven't even started the podcast yet, but can we just go a little bit further on this? Because this is uh, as I say all the time about like buying stuff. Like you always buy the one in the middle, right? Because the cheap one's going to let you down. The expensive one's not worth it. Um, And what I've I kind of discovered from using this blade is that the middle has shifted now, and the middle is wider. There's like there's not just mm-hmm. three options, right? So there's now I I've bought the $10, $15 saw blades and yeah, they're useless. And so what I've been buying are like the $30, $40 saw blades at the box store. Like, ah, it's good enough for me. I hit a lot of nails, you know, I'm not a fine woodworker. Um, but now this one is a little bit more than that. It's more like in the $60 price range. Uh, so it's still in that middle, but it's more like upper middle. And the difference between the middle and the upper middle is very large. It's a very large difference there. So now I'm realizing I have to edit my buy the one in the middle. I think it has to be like buy the one in the upper middle. I think we're going to have to start saying mm-hmm. or find some other sliding scale to use or put it yeah. on a scale of five. Well, not only that, it, it's like you have, you have options now because it's nice to be able to – so most people's budgets, we don't want them to, to buy the cheapest one, right, when it comes right. to tools. It's like yeah. we figured that out. We can, we can avoid that. We talked about that before. But like you said, the middle now has become a nice little pocket of your choices. So you can go with, with eh, average, good 30, 20 – I, I would say it's much closer to 30, 40 on average, uh, sometimes yeah. even 50 for these particular yeah. saw blades. Or you can buy the little bit of the higher end one, which still isn't breaking the bank. 60 bucks. Right. I, if you hit a nail, it's still not the end of the world. Like, whereas if you just right. buy a $200 saw blade well, and hit and, a nail, and part you're of like, what I'm going to be doing with mine, too, because I am going to be utilizing it <clears throat> to. On broccoli? Uh, no, no, I would never utilize anything on broccoli. You know, I disagree with you guys just inserting your codes here. <laughs> I, I know. But I, I will be utilizing this blade for um, ripping up a pallet, right? Because that's kind of what I do. And I don't mess around with it, so it's going to hit something. And I can tell you this, if it doesn't hold up to accidentally hitting a nail now and again, I'm going to let people know because a lot of us out there do abuse our tools, right? And I want to know yeah. that it can actually withstand that. So, so. Here's to, here's to hoping, but I'm not going to hold back either. Yeah, right. I don't think they want you to. Feel free to be honest. I mean, not as honest as you are with us. That's a little too honest. Normal well, human honest. Is there really, though, what is too honest? Upper, upper middle honest. Upper middle honest. <laughs> like a better neighborhood that has a charter school, okay? <laughs> 
I don't even know where we are in this podcast right now. We're, we're at hello. We haven't even said thank you to we're anyone yet. Hello. Oh, say thank you. oh, okay. Well, Tim did. That's his fault. <laughs> Anyways, this week's top Patreon supporters are Lakeside Woodcrafter, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta. Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, Isotunes, Tim Holliner, Keith Decent, Why Not, and of course, Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. And um, definitely want to wish um, Gangi and Pop Pop extra get well. I just haven't heard a little bit of noise this week, so uh, I'm just going to make sure everything's okay over there. We love you guys. We're thinking about you. Yeah. Speedy, speedy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the holding your food on it is the what you've been up to? Is yeah, I've been holding food to? on my trivet blade. Okay. Tim? I have been... Uh, working on, I finished up this seven-string fan fret guitar that uh, I've been working on for a little while, and it came out came out pretty cool. And then I don't know if you remember, I uh, like a year or so ago, I made that guitar out of nails, and I had this local um, yep. metalhead guy uh, come down and play it for the video. I was like, I need someone that can do like the like the kind of fast finger tapping, shredding kind of stuff to play his guitar for the video to prove it works. And so I just went into my local Facebook, looked up like local prog metal bands, you know, found this band. Guitar player was fantastic. I just cold emailed him. I was like, hey, I make weird guitars. I sent him a picture of it. I was like, I just made this guitar to nails. You know, I, I know you're local. You want to come play it and let me film you? And I'll put you in my video. It'll probably get some views, you know? And it, it, it has. It's, so you didn't pay him? No, no. Um, he just came down oh, and played a week. You, you got know, exposure. Yeah, I paid him an exposure. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, I, you know, I just I just asked him if he'd be willing to do it and come down. And uh, I do have right. plans on... on uh, I, I, I got some ideas. But so I asked him to come down and play the seven string. Um, and so I, I got to use my truck. The day that I had him scheduled to come down, uh, we had like torrential uh, downpour come through. So I went to my local mall, uh, which is like about a mile down the road from my shop. I just drove up there because there was a parking garage. And I was like, I wonder if my truck would fit in this parking garage. So I went up in my, my little truck, my key truck. And I, was, I saw an 18 wheeler in there. I was like, oh, yeah, it'll fit, you know. And um, yeah. and it instantly, because I was hanging around the back of this this parking lot, you know, walking around. So instantly security came up. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to have to deal with that. So I asked the guy, I was like, do you mind if I bring a bread truck in here and have a guy play heavy metal on it? <laughs> and he was just like. That probably went over well. Yeah, he's just like, I'm not a, I'm not equipped for any of this. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he's just like, you know, why don't you. Why don't what you do you go- want me to say here, fella? Right. He's like, go talk to the manager. I was like, okay, maybe I'll give him a call. He's like, you don't have to call him. He's like, you can go to the office. Just go right in that door, go upstairs, you'll find the office. And so I go in and I find the, the manager, Chris, there. And I ask him if I can do it. And he's like, he just says, back by the 18 wheeler that I saw. He's like, go in the way back there by where the Sears used to be or whatever. He's like, just go back there. And, you know, no one's going to park there. You're fine. I was like, oh, that's super cool. Thanks. And so then it turns out when I, I came back and started setting up, and it looked so cool under there, you know, the, yeah, the guy, the manager guy came down and just, you know, make sure everything was okay. And, and, um, and he was like, you know, asking me what it's all about. I was telling him, he's checking it out. And it turns out he's a drummer in a local band. And uh, we've, awesome. we've shared the same stage. Like he's been at the like we've played the same night and uh, in places and stuff. He's That's like, so you look. Funny. He's like, you look familiar. You know. He's like, where do I know you from? And you know, and I, I started talking. It turns out we like I actually kind of knew each other a little bit. 
Um, so that's why he was so cool about having having that happen, you know. But so Kenny came down, and I did pay Kenny this time. I gave him one of my custom guitar straps. That um, oh cool. That we, I I had him some hanging up on the wall. I said, here, you need a strap. Pick one. So he picked his favorite one. I said, okay, you own that now. You know, put it on him and and he played the guitar. I, I'm and, seriously uh, glad that you had him play because it was pretty impressive. I mean, I I will never. You haven't even seen anything go. yet. You just saw like 30 oh, dude, seconds. The little of clips it, you know? that you showed yeah. of his fingers moving up and down the neck of that guitar is just insane. Just insane for me. For a guy like me, it's yeah. insane. So. so what what I'm hoping to do is um like he played and he liked it and he said you know this is this is the type of guitar I've been thinking about getting. He plays seven strings all the time, but he doesn't play them with the. It's called fanned frets where it has like an extended range and some of the strings are longer than the other. Real nerdy stuff. But he's like kind of like that kind of a nerdy player. But he didn't, I don't think he likes the fan frets as much. He just likes them regular. But he liked the headless. He liked the size. He really liked it. And he's like, and they are a style and a trend in guitars in his genre of music. A lot of guys are playing. There's some brands that make them like that. And um, he's like, yeah, I wouldn't mind having something like this, you know, someday. And so what I'm hoping to do is um, I'm hoping to find a company that will sponsor a build if I can find some unique angle. Uh, to sponsor a, a seven-string guitar build, so I can make it and give it to him. That's like, I, I know he's never going to listen to this podcast. I don't mind talking about it here, but that's that's like this mm-hmm. this this plan I'm brewing is then call him again and be like, hey, I, I want you to come play this one for me, and you know, it's for a client, and then have him show up and just be Dude, like, hey, to, by the not way, to interrupt, but this is why you're doing well. Seriously, that's the kind of stuff that we mm-hmm. do for our community and for other people. That it goes around, comes around, Tim. Bravo! Seriously, well, paying it forward. So you know what I mean? Cool. It's so cool. Yeah. Dude. yeah. It's so cool. Because I, I mean, I, yeah. I think I've, now that I've had him play twice, and I, I ask him questions. Like, I think I know what he wants. Like, I don't even think I need to talk to him. Like, to be like, hey, do you like? Like, in, you know, he was talking about like he's never had a guitar that was natural wood. He's always had paint on him. He's like, I think I like the natural wood. I'm like, good, because I don't paint him. I'm thinking in my head, you know. And, right, right, um, like, right. I think I could make him like a guitar that he would play and be like, this is awesome. This is what I've always wanted. And I mean, especially if I could get it on film, how cool would that be? Just be like, oh, good, because I made it for you, you know. Merry yeah, Christmas, yeah. like an whatever. undercover boss kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, you know. So that's um, that's like. Does he like watch said, your I, YouTube channel at all? I mean, is... I don't think he normally does. Um, like the that guitar of nails video, that's had like like more than a half million views, and it was like featured in like GuitarWorld.com and stuff. And so right, right, he right. was like, he got a real kick out of that, you know. And I'm wondering if you couldn't scene. do like a, a maker community mini GoFundMe type thing to do this. Because I I'd pitch in ten or twenty bucks to have you build a guitar to give to somebody so I can watch that whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Hmm, I never thought of that. I was thinking about calling maybe like Klingspor or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, if if Klingspor Woodworking Shop doesn't want to do it, maybe the rest of us do. Is all I'm saying to. That's an that's, uh, that's an interesting idea. Let me you know I'm going to probably put this video out next Sunday. Um, it'll be interesting to see the response from it. Um, you know, and maybe that'll be something I can, you know, I, I'd have to do it privately in the groups because we're, we're friends on Facebook now and stuff, you know, but. Right, right, right. About. But I mean, you, you're yeah. in enough groups. I think I'm guessing your time you're going to have to give up, right? But I'm, I'm thinking the cost of materials and all that you can certainly get pretty easily paid for. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I um, like if I were to take basically the guitar that he just played and just make that without the fan frets, it'd be very few modifications to the files. Oh, uh, there so you be go. A matter, be a matter of buying the hardware. But I, 
Don't you think a corporate sponsor would want to be part of some like a feel good story oh, like th- that? Oh, I think so. I think I can find a sponsor for it. I mean, I know that I do I've been, too. Right? I'm just saying, in the background, or even if you do get a corporate yeah. sponsor, maybe it might be something that that a few of us would still like to pitch in, just to feel like we're a part of something greater than ourselves. I'm just saying, us little guys like to think that we belong to the bigger community. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our community is really good about that. Not about necessarily buying guitar yeah. players guitars, but they're good about helping people with real problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's got plenty of guitars. You know, not this isn't a charity case. It's just something right. nice I want no, to do. Yeah, I just know. think it's it's a neat deal. You paying it forward is just yeah. a good deal all the way around. I yeah, just I, I just like I love I love I love giving things to people. I love and I've given guitars away in the past, and I plan on giving more of them away in the future when I can. Um, I just I love doing that because especially when it's something like that that's like you know there was a kid one of my first guitar shows I I did there was this kid he was like like probably like 12 or 13 years old and he was like a little shredder long hair kind of a quiet kid but he you know he's wearing the black t-shirt with some band I never heard of on it you know the whole bit and hair in his eyes and he was playing he played really well and I was talking to him a little bit and he's just like really nice shy kind of quiet like metalhead kid and I just liked him sure and I, I told my wife, you know, I was like telling him, he's like, oh, I'd really love to have a guitar. This is really cool. He's like, I don't think I can afford it. I said, what can you afford? I was going to, like, if he's like, oh, my dad gave me a hundred bucks for my birthday. I would be like, it's yours for a hundred bucks. You know what I mean? I was, but he just right. like, he wouldn't like, he was like, I'm going to come back later. And I told my wife, I was like, if he comes back, I'm going to give him the guitar. <laughs> but I never saw him again, like ever again. You know what I mean? So he's listening to this podcast right now. Right. He's going to be knocking himself. on my door tomorrow. <laughs> It's like, man. Yeah, no, I mean, because, you know, you remember being a kid and, like, someone just, like, gave you something, you know, like, like, some. No, I don't. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. Think about that. That was like, not a thing. It's not. It's not. But, I mean, there have been times when people have, like, random Should strangers be. have given you kindness that was unexpected and, you know, maybe in a smaller form. But, uh, yeah. But it's, it's like, it's the kind of thing that can totally change the trajectory of a person's life. Like, if you get them in those ages, sure. like that, 11, 12, and all of a sudden it's just like, the, I, this is the kind of world that I live in where this can happen and not just the garbage that's fed to me on the news all the time. You know, I don't know. By the way, Tim, the same is true as if you gave that to a 30-year-old. Yeah, you know, I, 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 sure. I think it's, it's, it's not age-centered, right? Oh, no, you, I, I think no matter when yeah. it happens, if it doesn't change his life, it changes yours, that, that feeling yeah. of giving something. And then if it just sparks even in whoever you gave something to, if it sparks them to do a little something-something, that's the whole idea, right? And then the next person and so on and so on. But even if right. nothing happens from it, it changes you. Just the act of giving feels good. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a selfish thing. No doubt. It's yeah. just as selfish as it is selfless. But the, the reason I mentioned that particular age is because all the cognitive research or whatever, brain development, like yeah, for those sure. are really important ages in your in your development of your psyche and your personality. And you know. And this is why I don't act any older than 12, because I'm cognitively <laughs> researching all the time. <laughs> Great. Speaking of cognitive research, Bill, what have you been up to besides cooking on your saw blade? Is that it? No, that's the whole thing. That okay. was it. Phil. That's what I was you researching. Then, and that's, the, that's the whole thing, yeah. Um, I have recently uh, fallen in love with my CNC machine again, and I started playing with it, and uh, I did this little project, and I think I put it on my Instagram. I did some, some Skyrim-infused uh, uh, artwork or whatever. Mostly it was because uh, I messed up the first one, so I had to make it a lot smaller. But a buddy of mine, I think I mentioned it a week or two ago, he gave me like an old outdoor chair made out of whatever wood. And I put the thing together and I glued up a bunch of slats to make a little panel. And it has like the patina of like having been outside for like 10 years. It was super cool. And to do like a Skyrim, which is a video game, like a medieval times kind of video game, 
to do like the dragon sort of cutout on it, I thought fit really well and it was cool. Um, it, but it, it kind of just inspired me to get back into it this cool. a little bit. I love that dragon. Yeah. And now that you're saying you. this whole thing is called Skyrim, I didn't hear anybody say it. I thought it was Scrim. And I thought that was, I was like, I've heard of Scrim before. Is there a Scrim? I mean, it's what I do when I get off this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the dragon was super cool. Phil loved it. Yeah. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the other thing is, is my father-in-law sends me a text, a little texty text, maybe two nights ago. And he sends me a picture of a wine rack. And he goes, um, do you know of a company that could make this custom for me? <laughs> <laughs> And I'm thinking to myself, what a strange way of asking me to make this for you. I was like, no, I don't know any companies that will custom make a wine rack for you, but it doesn't look too difficult. I could do that. He's like, great. Here are the dimensions where I need it to fit. <laughs> so I started working on that yesterday. So the um, it's going to be two-tiered, and it'll hold 14 bottles total, uh, so seven per row. And yesterday I made the template for it for the back roundout part, so for the fat part of the bottle let's say right I don't have a drill bit that big so I had to make a template and I kind of found a roll of tape or whatever that was big enough that I thought and then I cut out with the bandsaw and then I used the uh, I have this these attachments for the drill press they're all these different sizes and it kind of works like a spindle sander only yeah. way worse yeah um, so I basically did two of them and I had to do seven and it, that took too long so what I did was I made a template with a template and then just kept moving over the two that I made properly. Do you know what I mean? So I kind of made I made the first two yeah, I know using that spindle sander, and then I made another template using that, and then so I used the uh, router you know, template, pattern right? router bit to yeah. make the next ones. And too bad it was a pain in the ass. But too bad you didn't have a CNC it, to it, do that with the, for the make the original template. It was too long. So no, but you could have made it. You could have made a two two of them on the CNC, and then yeah. use that to make your seven. You know. I didn't think it was going to... I didn't th I, I didn't realize that the spindle sander wasn't going to work well. They're terrible. So by that time, press. I... Yeah. Yeah. So, and even I ramped up the speed to like 3,100 RPM because at first I keep it at like 250 because I use bigger bits on the drill press. And so I thought faster speed on the spindle would be better. And it did work better than slower, but maybe it was too fast. I don't know. What speed do you guys keep your drill press at on a regular basis? I, drill uh, press is always slow, but spindle sanders are not as fast as you think. That didn't answer my question. What yeah. speed do you keep your drill press at uh, on a normal basis? The, second up uh, from, I don't know the speed, but it's second up from the lowest setting. Yeah, mine doesn't have numbers. Yeah. It's old, but uh, I, yeah. a luthier, uh, double base luthier that I know and respect his woodworking uh, quite a bit. He, yeah. he once said to me that your drill press needs two speeds, slow and slower. Right. So I normally keep it at the lowest setting, which was 250, because sometimes I drill metal. And I figure, whatever, it's yeah. not hurting it. Mine's always just on slow. the slowest. I never once changed it from the lowest, slowest right. speed. This is the first time. I climbed up there with a ladder, because yeah. I have it on a tall cart, because I made it for something else. And I went up there. I was like, how does this even work with all these belts? And There's I got like it to work. five but jokes I'm not going to make right now. <laughs> <laughs> I got another five. About me not being a very tall man? Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, so anyway, so I, I banged out that template, and then I have some wood that I can make it w out of, and uh, and then I'll I'll spray this project. Are you uh, gonna, is this a video? No. 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 Just, I think there's enough uh, wine rack videos. 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I would necessarily add to that that you couldn't find somewhere else necessarily, but the next video as soon as I get it. By the way, this this uh, saw blade thing from Klingspores is nuts because Klingspores woodworking the, shop, you mean? Yeah, Klingspores woodworking shop. because uh, <laughs> I, I I checked the tracking with Mike and uh, and instead of heading north from North Carolina, my saw blade went down south to Miami. And I'm wondering what is going on with the United States Postal Service these days? Yeah, well, that's I a whole other topic cool. conversation that yeah. we're not going to yeah. have on yeah. this podcast. I, I have, Aren't we though? Uh, right. I have packages out with claims on them and stuff to clients, and you know, yeah, it's this is nuts. It should have taken like a week tops. It's been three weeks. It's insane. And it's not even going in the right direction. It's is like, it really no necessary, though, right? that you be a part of this whole make a video with the blade thing? I mean, the, the most important video is, is already done. I already finished mine. Yeah. Yeah, so. that's also what I was thinking personally. Who needs me? Well, I'm uh, part of it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're thinking that all the time. What a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Hey, what's our topic? Uh, all right. Anyway, that's what, that's what I've been doing. Whatever. Um... Uh, Let's go. Oh, did we talk about what we're working on, or was that that, that was what we're working on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So this week's topic was an email, and I will read it out loud. Uh, oh man. Okay. So it comes from Jake, and his last name is Lipchinski, and I'm hoping I pronounced that correctly. I believe it's Polish. Hello, gents. Big fan of the show, and with Phil saying he thinks that Art Deco is the next big thing, it got me wondering. The boom in the maker and reclaim scene seemed to coincide with the increased popularity of styles that lend themselves to being more forgiving with skill level. So with the shift towards a style that generally requires a higher level of finish, do you expect to see a downturn in participation in the community? Thanks, and keep up the good work, and congrats on 250, Jake. First of all, Jake, great name. Uh, second of all, thank you very much on the 250. And no, I don't think we're going to see a downturn in the community. Um, I agree with you absolutely that I think that there was a boom and I think we're still part of the boom I don't think the boom is over no, by, um, but by no means. The, that ramp up towards uh, and starting off with let's say a more rustic style with the palettes and all that stuff definitely lent itself to, to being a more forgiving style but I think you have so many people who have come up in that way and sort of graduated that there's so many people who are ready for that next challenge. And I still think that no matter what, the palettes exist, that style is still around. I don't think it's as popular, but it's still around. And that can be still the graduation point for anybody else. Um, and then Art Deco maybe is the next step for anybody who wants to sell their stuff. But by no means are you necessarily limited to that style. I mean, there's you know millions of different mission, green and green, shaker, whatever you want to do. And people do those styles still. I a, think Art Deco is up and coming for making money right now. Give us a, a little little quick um, layman's explanation of what Art Deco style looks like. What is it? So Art Deco was super popular in the in the 30s, and then it made a resurgence in the 80s. Think of like uh, think of like South Beach, Miami, like whitewash white, but then all of the sort of like really round using. Uh, think of Howard Hughes. In that style, uh, the Empire State Building would be Art Deco. So would it be fair to say, and I'm asking seriously, <laughs> my my reference yeah. would be funny, uh, like the Jetsons, that kind of a new age looking 
That's more. It's closer to like century. Yeah. yeah, it's mid-century and like even goes on. There's this very specific California look that a lot of the drive-in diners had, and it's called Googie, G O O G I, which right. is like very space age, very Jetsonsy. Yeah, this is this is older than that. Um, but I see, honestly just Google it. You'll see a ton of images, okay. Art Deco. I think um, it, it, it picture like the cover of like an Anne Ryan book. <laughs> like, that's yeah, just throwing out yeah. references that I but, don't get, but I'm gonna Google it right now. Yeah, you'll, yeah. It's, you'll yeah, the as Empire soon as you see it, you'll be like, "Oh, our deck." Oh, right. Yeah, so, yeah, like yeah, pre World War Two, it's like yeah. a lot of brass. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Think of like those first, like the 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 steam engines that were they came right after those big. Yeah. You know, every, like the hood, I'm looking hood at right ornaments. Now, it's, it's it yeah. lends itself towards what Berkey does, the the shapes and stuff that he does. Similar. Yeah, that's a little more yeah. ornate. This is like taking that, but sort of making it a little more angular. And, uh, Streamline, yeah. I'm almost picturing like picture like the like the hood ornament on like a 1930s like Hudson, like some expensive car with like, okay. yeah. like the wings, you know. And I don't know. But. There's one uh, maker that I follow, you know, very closely. Who's a who's a friend. His name is Wesley Treat, and he's also a patron of the show. Mm. But he does a lot of um, Art Deco style stuff, and you yeah. can tell that. And Mark Two. Wildman just recently did some numbers in yeah. an Art Deco style. So saw, yeah, tube radio uh, kind of picture, like you know. Dialing up the radio show. Yep. 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 Exactly. For all those people that yeah, can that's see. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I, I think if you are looking for what is the next thing that's going to be hot to make money and you want to, you know, you want to sell the stuff that you make, I believe that Art Deco is, the ne- is that next style. And I've seen it in the furniture industry when I was in, in, that, in that business not too long ago. Uh, but by no means do I think you need to make that stuff. Like I said before, there's a million different stuff. Make whatever you want to make while you're doing this learning process. I think, if, like I said, if you want to make money, try some Art Deco otherwise. But the thing about um, Art Deco or any of these, these styles, it definitely requires more skill because you're moving away from straight right angles into curves. And as soon as you introduce curves, you're introducing new tools um, specifically, I would say you're introducing the bandsaw into your process, where before maybe it wasn't part of your process. And you're also sanding surfaces that are curved. So you're talking about, you know, maybe a, a spindle sander. You're talking about maybe, uh, you know, um, what's it called again? A belt sander. All kinds of things that allow you to get into a curve. And if you're a hand school woodworker, you're talking about a compass plane. So there's all kinds of there's new also, things that you're introducing. Yeah, a lot of um, like cutaways. So you're talking about like chiseling, you know, would be how it was yeah, done yeah. then, or CNC work. And then there's also a lot of veneer work. Um, a lot of veneer work, and a lot of a lot of things. not 90 Marketry. degree angles too. From what I'm looking at, there's a lot of angles, yeah. but they're hmm. they're very you they're know, not, 30 degree angles, not 90 and 45. Yeah, yeah. 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 a lot Absolutely. of acute angles. So, um, so, so the, I, go ahead. Oh, I'd say so. So the question is, is like, you know, are we ready? Is the community ready to take that next step? And we're talking. I, I think the way I read this question is like a lot of people break into this whole reclaiming rustic um, uh, industrial type look. We're using pipe fittings and pallets and all these found materials sure. to make a really eclectic look. About and, it, and it, the look itself of reclaimed, I think, is pretty widespread. The Art Deco definitely is. It's a pretty big jump from that 
to yeah. that. And are we ready? And I, I would have to say the answer is yes. If, if you've learned how not to cut your fingers off on your table saw and you've learned how to measure with a tape measure and you've learned how to start gluing stuff together, don't be afraid of anything. Start doing it. Start doing it. And when, and when the first one you make is not maybe exactly like the picture you just Googled, try it again, right? And I think you're right, Phil. I think the money that that can bring, just looking at these pictures, the money that that's going to bring is going to be pretty significant compared to a really cool pallet coffee table, right? If you do an Art Deco coffee table, I think the asking is... is there for the labor's the labor's a lot higher too right and and i think that's expected just just the ornateness of it Mm. yeah but i also don't think that like you need to be intimidated by looking at something going oh wow there's 500 pieces of marquetry that have to be assembled and veneered and hammered on here you can be inspired by that look right and still make it with reclaimed material which i think is like the money like that's right you know take this look right just like the 80s uh, was inspired by 1930s Art Deco. Like, if you ever walk down, you know, South Beach, you don't have to live there to walk down there. It's a cool place to to walk down and take a look and see what's going on. They took all that 30s Art Deco and they just whitewashed it white. Right. You know? And right. so it's got this very specific look, but also super achievable because it's just painted white. So be inspired by it doesn't mean you have to copy exactly what it was. And I think that's sort of what this community does incredibly well. Well, and draw inspiration yeah. from and then interpret. And, and looking at it again, just this quick search, there is a level of intensity of the Art Deco from a lot simpler, more basic Art Deco to the to yeah. more ornate stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and, and another way to not be intimidated by things is just remember, you're copying shapes. You're really just figuring out how to make these shapes, right? It's still a box. Yeah. It's still got legs on it. But what do the legs look like? And what does the box look like? And what does the detail of the box look like? And what, how are the legs attached? It's really simple. It's just it's just recreating shapes. It, you know, it's... I, I would definitely... It would take me three or four tries to try and make something I was really happy with. But I'd jump right into that if I if I wanted to. You know what I mean? Don't be afraid of it. If you got some tools, you've got some gumption, go get it. Yeah. And the cool thing about Art Deco also is that it, it does sort of what Tim does a lot, which is mix materials. So uh, there's a lot of, like, metal introduced with as, as, like a, as almost like a veneer, right? Mm-hmm. But what you could do is you could do that on the cheap. You don't necessarily have to, um, you know, get thin sheets of brass or whatever and hammer it down. You can also work with leaf, right? And which Andy Berkey does a lot also because he's recreating a lot of, you know, church stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, leaf is basically like it's very, very thin sheets of metal, usually gold and and copper and stuff like that. And you put on this bone glue and then you just sort of hammer down this leaf. And you can recreate this really nice either crumpled pattern or if you're good, you can do it super smooth. I'm not good. It's a crumpled uh, pattern, and, and you correct? Can, yeah. Yeah, it's a crumpled pattern. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so then you, you can recreate this metal and wood stuff together, and it's really cool. And it's you, nice you, to explore new things. Yeah. And by, like, again, like how Tim does it and what Art Deco seems to do is mixing these materials, how can you use found like bed frames, right? Bed frames are, are a metal. How could you use that to instead of a really thin inlay that you would create with a sheet of brass, what if I had a bed frame and I cut the L off of it so now I've got a thin piece of metal. It's a little easier to inlay a thicker piece because you can it's more forgiving, but you're still getting that same look. Maybe you're gonna put that mm-hmm. just make a, a diagonal on the top of the middle of it or, or the fan look. There's mm. a lot of fans in the art deco where, you know, I mean. Yeah, oh, like, that's good too. Yeah, like splayed yeah. fingers, something like that. It's just, yeah. 
Well, you know, you when, route it. Yeah. When, when these styles come back, like when you know when it came back in the '80s, it like you said, it wasn't it wasn't a recreation. It was a progression. You know, it's like bell right. bottoms. When the bell bottoms came back, when bell bottoms right. came back in the '90s, they were different than the bell bottoms of the '60s. And music, you know, the '80s music is kind of coming back. That sound, those synth sounds, but it's still different. It's evolved, and maybe yeah. the evolution of Art Deco is the sustainability angle of like what you know what Bill was saying about adding you know, reclaimed and found materials instead of, you know, marquetry with rare precious woods imported from, you know, Europe yeah. and Asia. I, I actually think that this version of Art Deco is is the 80s version. As much as I'm not a super huge fan of the 80s version of it, I like the 30s, I think this resurgence is an 80s resurgence, not a 30s resurgence. Sure, sure, You see, sure. everything that's super in right now is all 80s stuff. 80s style, 80s music, 80s pop culture. It's like, um, and, it's like a game of telephone. Art. It's like the game of telephone, so we're like once removed from it now, like six degrees of Kevin Bacon from the original. We're, yeah. Now we're on degree number three. By the time the, the fifth wave comes around, it's not even going to resemble <laughs> the 30s, you know? For sure. Yeah. No, I think this is... Guys, draw inspiration for what you see in the 80s and the 30s in Art Deco... Make it your own. In, uh, incorporate. I mean, well, you Bill's know, idea of the inlay with the bed frame is brilliant. Like, yeah, this is a good idea. and if you could get it thin enough, you know, you could use this banding around the tabletop. Mm-hmm. But there is some. Hammer I wouldn't it. be surprised if there's some 30s in there too, because there is that sort of like they, they call it the Brooklyn hipster, like the you know the Moscow Mule kind of copper and mustache sort right. of thing that's yeah. also trendy. So there could be some of that in there too. You know, like. But no, I, I agree with you as far as the furniture that's being made. But I think the reason that Art Deco is coming back is because of the 80s. Yeah, I, I because hear Because they're bringing along everything else that's 80s right now. So they're like, oh, what was the style in the 80s? Oh, right. cool. Some of it was Art Deco that was reinterpreted from the 30s. Yeah. I just sense. find it crazy how the 80s is so hot right now. Well, it's just what happens. I mean, you know, it's every 30 years. It's... It's, it's, it's like been forty years since. The, since the any 90s. any other ideas? Oh. Any other ideas about um, <laughs> materials that we could yeah. use if we wanted to play Art Deco? Like I have an idea for copper. Uh, if you took a copper Too pipe, bad. piece of plumbing, whatever, yeah. no matter how thick it is, if you can cut that copper with your angle grinder, right? You can yeah. you can splay it out. You can flatten it. You heat it up a little bit. You can play with all kinds of new techniques. But you can actually get you a nice little inch, inch and a half, or three quarters of an inch strip of copper by just using a piece al- of pipe. You can also buy uh, slug tape, it's called, and they don't necessarily carry it at the box store, but you can order it from the box store online, and it's a copper It's copper foil that's sticky on one side, like it's a, it's well, a sticker Tim, of copper. Tim, what we're, we're, we're a show about reclaimed, and yes. I know it's hard for you, but we're trying to come up with materials. But the question that was, pipe, what materials that could That half-inch thick piece of pipe you just cut up to fill a little tiny gap in is worth so much more in the recycled world to be reused as copper pipe for and copper other things whereas this is a very thin piece of copper so you're using less product you're using less material and getting the same result but what about the value i have is what do do i have is the value of of getting something out of the stream that's going to the landfill but it shouldn't be going to the landfill. It's going, if you pull it out of a dumpster, go recycle it. To make it. my Art Deco table yeah, well, and flatten yeah, but it, it out, like I said, of course it's not going to the landfill. Come on, yeah. Tim, keep up. Come on. <laughs> you know, when he gets a little bit of that LaCroix in him. I know, he's he's, he's hurting away. I wanted to um, just make a, because I always you make music equivalents like I've done like six times already. Um, I used to teach guitar lessons, right? And, uh, I you know, so I would teach a lot of kids, and, and you know, the, you start... Yes, that's... He actually has the tape. Oh, they, they sell it in much wider pieces, too. I, I get it at two-inch oh. two slug tape. 
Um, so th but that would be cool too for edge banding. Um, you should probably recycle oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, here, here, hey, you know what? Here's an idea for you, Tim, real quick. What I bought this mm -hmm. for, and I've done it with a couple now, is on my little cigar box guitars. I put a, this around the cigar box, the outer edge, so when I'm laying my arm on it, it hits that copper, and I have that grounded to my strings. So that's another way for me to ground the strings without, so it's even grounded when I'm not touching the strings because my arm is hitting the, if you can see on this yeah, one, no, see I how it, I understand. That's a, that's an interesting idea um, because right. yeah, there are when you have a single coil pickup, sometimes you take your fingers off the strings and it goes. Eh. Oh, yeah. big time buzz. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you put that copper foil inside the guitar around the pickup and the control cavities, which it is why help I with have the it. buzz too. Yeah, it helps a ton. It's called shielding. Yeah, and so yeah. they sell. Well, I was just talking about actually because you want you want to ground the yeah, strings like most often. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I, I totally know what you're talking about. I I had um, <laughs> I've had some weird things in the past. Um, the but you know they if you go to like the guitar parts store they sell that copper tape and it's like you know like you know ten dollars a roll or if you go right, right. buy the slug tape you know from the garden center it's you know four dollars a roll same stuff oh that's why you're um, calling it slug tape i knew that i knew that it's yeah, for actually yeah. snails and slugs keeping them off yes. the trees you put yeah, a strip of this around the your, of your the bottom of your lemon tree and the slugs won't yep. climb over the copper yeah yeah. It's like it's like scorpions won't climb over hemp rope, and the cowboys used to lay their lasso around them when they're sleeping in the desert. So the scorpions would. I did not know that. That's yeah. interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Why won't they cross hemp rope? I'm guessing because it's pokey. Maybe they think it's a snake or something. No, I think it's because it's pokey. Because scorpions' underbellies, from what I understand, are the softest part. So. Huh. Yeah, the underbelly. Because hmm. yeah. um, I know that the tape, uh, like copper, is uh, is antimicrobial. And I think it's also like uh, microscopically abrasive for those creatures. Hmm. I always thought Maybe. it was something like because snails and stuff aren't they very susceptible to different like salt? You know, you can't pour salt on a snail because it'll, it'll they'll dry out. It'll dry out. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's it, something along those lines. Beer. I like how we are the best at the squirrel. Do you know that squirrel? Yeah. Oh look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tim, you say words now. Words. Um, the. The, the music analogy I wanted to make was that when I used to teach guitar lessons, uh, you know, I, I would have people come in at all ages and, and interest levels um, to play guitar. And what would happen is, you know, after a few weeks, you could kind of get them. I would always try to get them playing songs right away because that's the point of music, not spend months on scales and all that stuff like the old school piano teachers, you know. But um, mm -hmm. so I would get them playing the blues because the blues require you to know three chords. And so I could teach someone three chords, and I could teach them a three-chord 12-bar blues or an eight-bar blues, and it's like a little simple formula. You play it over and over and over again, that's the blues. And so a lot of people learning to play guitar would be like, they come in like you get like a 40-year-old guy, midlife crisis, I just always wanted to play the blues. And so you teach them the blues, and then they're happy, and that's what they all want to do. But what happens more often than not is people, they start playing the blues, and after they play 20 or 30 blues songs, they start going, I want to play more than the blues. And then they have to. Then you go. Okay. Well, now let's roll up our sleeves and get to work. Let's become guitar players. You know. And I feel like that's what might be happening mm. with this movement. Is like everybody. And I'm one of them. I started was like I can make furniture out of pallets. You know. And uh, and so we started doing that. And then after making a bunch of tables out of pallets, I was like I want to do more. And I started like kind of like you know getting serious and learning. I think that that maybe something like this this Art Deco trend in in our movement will help us all sort of get to the next level. And I, I think that I mean everybody's kind of been doing that on their own anyways but you know but some people are just gonna be happy playing the blues that's all they want to do and they're just gonna keep playing the blues and that's fine too sure i want to say that i don't think that just because we're potentially moving on to another style or experimenting with another style doesn't mean that we stop reclaiming 
No, there and, there's, are, and there's still no, room for the blues. No way. In fact, it makes you, know? you look yeah. for new materials and new ways to reclaim, I think. There yeah. are a couple of channels that I watch on YouTube. Um, one is called Epic Upcycling, and this guy makes the most incredible furniture I've ever seen, and if you see the end result, there's no chance you would assume that he made it out of pallets. Hmm. He's based out of the UK, this guy, and he uses like a hundred pallets on a project. He makes like this gigantic like Chronicles of Narnia wardrobe, and it's all ornate with all kinds of uh, I don't know, like molding and anyways, beautiful stuff. And there's another one, and I definitely can't pronounce this, but it's Turkish. And maybe Senal something. C-E-N-A-L is the first part of it. I don't remember the rest of it. But he makes nothing out of pallet, nothing but pallet furniture. But again, you can't tell that it's been made from pallets. And I think that's always been my philosophy. I've never really been specifically into the rustic stuff, but I love the idea of turning pallets into yeah. something. And so that was sort of my inspiration when I started also. Um, and I and I feel like finally everyone's uh, getting there too. And I love that. And I, I want us to be challenging each other and one-upping each other and coming up with new ideas and new interpretations of old stuff. So I'm, I'm super digging what's going on right now. Well, it's that, it's that when your focus is not just on making a pallet furniture, like, you know, a pallet tabletop or whatever, but you're actually the idea the focus is taking that palette and turning it into material so you're doing the you're breaking it down you're doing the glue ups you're you're creating the size material that you need and now you basically you've got a piece of dimensional lumber right you can make dimensional lumber out of pallets it's just a lot right. of effort jackman does it all the time you know yeah another thing people I, are doing with now is skateboards where they're getting that whole i've seen a couple yeah. of uh, uh, where they're actually creating large pieces of lumber out of skateboards by incredible intricate glue ups but now I've got a yeah. you know when you've got a, 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 a 4 by 8 sheet of skateboard type glue up panel thing what, imagine what you can do with that right yeah who's the uh, designs by Wobi yeah. he does all the skateboards yeah. he is awesome I love his stuff he's, he's making a cameo in, my next, in that 7 string guitar video I got him to you'll see it Oh, that's so funny. Good for you. I love that guy. Um, yeah, he's great. You just so much positivity. You just yeah, yeah. You you guys just inspired me too a little bit too. Talking about the marquetry and stuff. Um, you know, as as we all know, holocord doors are the new palette, and um, <laughs> I, I see I see some potential to do some holocord door marquetry, perhaps. Uh, mm, so I just wrote that down on my little list of ideas to do like an Art Deco pattern by maybe taking. You know, holocaust doors and, and reversing the grain on it and stuff, you know? Yeah. And I have a it's laser, a, so it's a veneer easy. right there. It's almost yeah. like it's, it's pre-made yeah. veneer. And yeah. how could so, you... I mean, so again, that was a... Stain and dye some of it, alternate the grains, right. you know? So that's great. What, so what other... Because I asked this earlier, and then you yelled at me about the copper thing, but what other materials? And that's a great one. A veneer, which is very art deco. But you know what I would do? I'd probably get some copper pipe and maybe cut them and then split them <laughs> and then bang them out flat. <laughs> Tim, that's brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. I thought so, too. I see how Jeez. it is. Lauren Ivor. <laughs> come on, Pinsky. Come up with something. What do you got? All right, last one. I was thinking either... Um, I was thinking about metal-tinted resin, because resin is still very hot. Mm. I know it's not reclaimed, but it's very in vogue, and it's really easy to work with, mm. you know, relative to a lot of things. Um, and the other thing I was thinking was stripping cables and just putting in... Uh, just uh, unsheathed copper wire as um, 
as inlay. You know what I haven't seen a lot of, and, and I was thinking about this the other day. I love the, the copper inlay. I've done that before with like regular electrical wire size. Mm, yeah. But the little tiny yeah, like lamp cord. The little tiny um, uh, electronic stranded copper. If you strip that, now you've got all these itty bitty hair fine copper strands that you can somehow dip in your epoxy. And I wonder what that look would be. You make all sorts of swirly shapes and stuff. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah. seriously, it's it's hair fine copper. Yeah. yeah. Right. If you get enough of it, how could you add that to an epoxy? To I, I just I'm curious as to what that. You need be. a lot of it. You need a lot of it, or you'd have to have a very shallow um, cutout. But the other thing that was cool was I saw recently that Tony Rouleau had all these brass shavings that yeah. he was going to get rid of her. Yeah. Yeah. So that's super cool, right? You just have like an inlay full of these brass shavings, and then you put epoxy in there and polish it. Yep, yep. That would be sweet. Yeah, it would. I love it. So then, like, so, so then, so then, the answer there is. Obviously, Tony's not going to be the source of all brass shavings for everybody in the community. So find a machine shop in your yeah. area and and say. I remember when I worked at the uh, at the bike company, we used to have like bins full of aluminum shavings like yeah. that, and we'd be like, "What are we going to do with this?" You we might, give them to the recycling center. So you might have to buy it now because people are actually making money. But that's still a source that you can that you can get some cool material and still have that story to go with it. Yeah, I mean. I had that. You don't want a ton of it. You're just saying like, "Hey, man, can I have like a soccer ball amount of this?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had the uh, the factory or the machine shop that makes my squares. Uh, the first time I, I was down there talking with him, like he has a, you know a punch machine basically. It's got like a thousand cuttered heads in it and spins around, makes all these does these amazing things, you know. And then there's the tray that all the punches fall out, the little circles in different sizes, you know. Right. And I, I brought home a couple coffee cans of those. And um, I messed around with some epoxy with them, but it was before I really knew how to use epoxy. It didn't look very good. Uh, but yeah, this right. steel is cheap. You know, that's like nobody's gonna like. Yeah. There's think of the, think I mean, of the story behind this. I just made this Art Deco that used to be. It, it was on its way to being bicycle parts, but now it's in my Art Deco reclaimed pallet wood. Yeah, dresser, mm. right? Yeah, it's the story. I also think you could do it with like you could you could polish up some pennies. I don't know if that does that look chintzy. Like remember like all those like uh, penny epoxy coffee tables and stuff. Maybe that's yeah, not great, but when I what, when I did art prize in 2017, the winning art piece was a, about 12 feet tall, or maybe less than that, maybe only 10 feet tall by like six feet wide, and it was an Abraham Lincoln um, picture done in pennies, completely right. in you know patina, uh, the two patinas like the you know, uh, like a, yeah, so pretty nice. Imagine this though, I'm I'm seeing the the face of the cabinet that's Art Deco, and it's got that fan right, the, the inlay of the yeah. fan. What if that was routed yeah. out inlay? Lay the pennies in, epoxy over it. Yeah, mm. I don't know how that would look. I'd be curious yeah. to see that. It'd be fun to cut the because pennies it could too, come so out like stunning, or it could come out looking like one of those cheesy coffee tables. Right. <laughs> right. Like, like I don't know. Like, like yeah, like a cheap bar, you know. But isn't that true right. with everything we make until we get Pretty it much. done? Yeah. Well, some of it is, I think, a riskier move than others. This, I think, would be a risky move if not done. And that's what we're talking like, about. Going, we're going from yeah. a, a low risk uh, coffee table to yeah. a little higher risk. That's that's a good point. That's definitely a good point. Um, yeah. Anyways, I think the bottom line is is we believe in you. You can do it. And I can't wait to see what everybody does, myself yes. included. Um, moving on. Do we have an iTunes review review? We do. We have oh, a couple. We've we've got three, I do think. Do we? Yep. What? Uh, I'll read the first one here from um, Iowa Dad 80. Uh, it is five stars and it says the flat escalator of podcasts, and I have to agree. 
And my, <laughs> my my favorite my favorite part of this whole review, I just I've read these uh, already. Is usually I haven't read oh. them, but my favorite part is just these first couple words. Will Tom and the Canadian guy put out a great podcast every week? <laughs> they give me pearls of wisdom such as measuring is for idiots, <laughs> all while feeling like I'm hanging out with my buddies. I feel a little bit uncomfortable about their constant need to use virgin exotic hardwoods on all their projects, but my mama always told me live and let live, so I guess I can deal with it. So give the podcast a shot. You'll laugh, you'll cry. You may want to throw your phone down a flat escalator, but you'll always be entertained. <laughs> wow, that's a great one. Phil, you want to read one or you want me to... Uh... There's two internationals, so I'll read those ones. You guys do the American ones. All right, well, I'm going to read... Uh, 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 this is from Mike from Bothell, Washington. Uh, the first podcast I've ever listened to. Still the best. Love all three of these guys for very different reasons. Well, thank you, Mike. Wow, what a PC... Well, I want to follow that up with one from our buddy, um, what the heck's his name? He used to have, he was a rat, and now he's a hunter, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he hunts rats. I don't even understand the... the, Yeah, I think it's Ryan Rat Hunter, Ridgely. Yeah, or or the Ridge Rat Hunting on Ryan. Barn barn Hunting Ridge Rider. Anyway, the incessant need for praise and affirmation that Phil possesses sadly threatens the employment status of Bill on a weekly basis, and in order to protect Mr. Lutz... From a hostile employment environment, I am leaving yet another review. I don't know what unemployment law, what employment laws in maple syrup land are like, but in America, we don't make fun of the Kaleverse. Tim, I expected an anti-bullying stance for the be good guy, moving sidewalks. I, gotta I feel little, I love you. I feel Ryan. threatened by that that email. I feel a little bit. I need a safe space. <laughs> and Phil is speechless, so read your international ones. I think we're good. Well, I was trying to think what the employment laws here, and I think they're pretty good. Um, I think they're pretty darn good, actually. But uh, so I should I move in with you and get a job. Push kale. What's that? So I should move in with you to get a job. Uh, the border's closed. <laughs> oh, bummer. Well done, Pinsky. My- well done. It's not my doing. Um, okay, so we've got one from Canada, one from the UK. Uh, the Canadian one is from Hatchet Hatch Made It. Um, updated review, and the review goes as follows: Great podcast. Love listening to these guys. We're um, we're not a very talkative country, I think. Uh, and we have um, our buddy from the UK, Thorpe sixty seven. Oh, yeah. congratulations on two hundred and fifty episodes. Um, hello again from sunny, not England. Congrats on 250 episodes. Just finished listening. Not sure if at this point I'm responsibly obliged or obligated responsibly to keep listening. Uh, keep up the great work. Love our weekly check-ins. Still the only podcast I subscribe to. Ed Thorpe 67 of OMT Built. Nice. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate it. Well, I, I got to say, uh, our audience just knocked it out of the park for us whining and complaining about no reviews, um, and we got we got a nice handful of them. Keep it up, kids. Yeah. Keep it up. Thanks, guys. Uh, what grabbed your attention this week? Let's go to Tim Sway this time. Uh, I think I mentioned the show last week or the week before, but I'm mentioning it again. It's the show Connected on Netflix. Um and as Latif Nasir is the host, and he's from Radio Lab, he's like, like one of my favorite guys. He's just hilarious. But um, 
he's just you know nerdy and fun but so the this this episode i just watched with vance like right before we started recording is about this this mathematical sort of phenomena i guess you call it called benford's law and um i'll try to explain it quickly but basically you take a set of data right you know a large number of data like um you know like maybe every kid in school's grades or like um all the distances to all the galaxies known galaxies in the universe whatever some like large number of data but so each individual number um, you remove all of the numbers from it except for the first number. Like, you know, so if it's like 998, you would remove the 98 and just keep the 9. If it's 1,423, you'd remove everything except the 1. And you categorize those numbers. And then you take all those and you put them in this chart, and they will inevitably form the Benford curve of, uh, like, 1 will be about 30% of it. Um, will get, like, 30% higher than and then or than 2. I'm, not, I'm trying to explain it quickly. 2 is, like, 17%. 17% of the numbers start with a 2. And then the rest of it, the other, you know, 50-something percent is divvied out by the other one. So it's make this curve almost like the beginning of, like, a Fibonacci sequence. But this, this mathematical sort of phenomenon, they've applied it to, like, they can tell if you're cheating on your taxes. They, uh, they've applied it to uh, music. Uh, all these different facets of the world like twitter followers like they they uh, these people that do this type of data have found this 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 sequence in everything like and it doesn't even matter mm. like if you take like the measuring the way he described in the show if you take the measuring your distance uh, like all the distance of all these galaxies you get the works of it in inches yards meters miles kilometers it's always falls into this curve there's just this natural pattern of things but what was super interesting about it is if someone cheats like if someone's like cheating on their, this is why the IRS might be using it. Um, this is actually how they busted Enron like twenty something years ago. Uh, if you if someone goes and starts cheating and lying about the numbers and they put it in and you take those numbers you run through, they will no longer match that curve. Like it's hmm. it senses. So dis- I got to get my numbers to match. Is what you're saying? Right. So it senses dishonesty and okay. you know in it's super interesting. So they found that with like. Um, you know, this is where it gets super interesting now is that they're applying this to algorithms on the internet and they can find, like, the the fake Twitter accounts, the bots, and, like, the... Interesting. Yeah, super, super interesting. And so, I, I like I said, I'm doing the 10-second explanation of it. Watch the show. It blew my mind. Um, Your explanation of what it does is amazing. Your explanation of how it works was left something to be desired. Well, yeah, because it, it takes more than... Takes more than thirty seconds in my no, brain no, I, 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 I kind of got the gist. That that's yeah, pretty visual cool. aids would help. I think. Yeah. I think what Bill's saying is if you can't explain it to a five-year-old, you don't really get it. Oh, <laughs> you're right. I, the, he's yeah, the, yes and yes. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm explaining. Bill's very, cool like that. I'm sorry. I'm explaining a very <laughs> simplified version of something that was overly simplified when it was fed to me. You know what I mean? So I know right. there's much more to it, but it was interesting. And how does it account for the fact that eighty-five percent of statistics are made up? Well, ninety percent of the statistics are actually. <laughs> okay. Uh, Bill, what are you watching? You know I mean, what, what are you what, uh, into or whatever? There's a couple of things that caught my attention, and one of them is. Oh, that's it. And this is a. Uh, this is. It's like an honor anytime this happens, when you get one of the big ones that want to interact with us. Diami Plotki. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah called in and left us a voicemail and reminded us about the whole um, you know uh, use tools plan plan things out for the, the tools that you have to make that plan anyway he, he talked about um, Tim's little landscape thing well if I you know if I can't make that sharp thing I'm gonna have to plan my landscaping with a wide curve so my whatever Tim's reference was so Danny says 
How about I plant yeah, that maybe clip we right play here? It. Yeah. Oh, yeah, put that right there. Good evening, gentlemen. This is Diami from New York and other points. I'm calling with a comment in regard to Tim's tip from episode 244, where Tim discussed how you should allow the tool to inform the design and demonstrated this with an example of how being an extremely lazy landscaper should inform the design and layout of your gardens. I thought it might be interesting for you guys to know that as I learned from Clark Kellogg, traditional Roman fonts are based on shapes that could be carved with traditional Roman carving tools. So it's a much older example of the same principle of how the design is informed by the tools. But anyway, I just so thought it was interesting. For anybody that doesn't know who Clark Kellogg does uh, is, um, it's not the NBA player and the uh, uh, the guy that's a former NBA player and a, um, a CBS analyst. It is actually a woodworker, Clark Kellogg, who gave the uh, Roman font uh, example. So I, I so Diami. I like that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was smart. First I of all, made just, their alphabet fit the tools they had. Yeah. So so thank you, uh, Diami, for. I didn't know he listened to our podcast. This is awesome. That's great. Oh, he does, yeah. And then, uh, and the other thing that caught my attention, so we go from the, the giants to the little guys like me. Uh, Rob Seitz Jr. Um, in the groups. I've met him in person. He's a great guy. He made a sofa table. He, he got a beautiful piece of uh, Brazilian rosewood, I think it was. So a, a sofa table goes behind your sofa. It's a little bit taller. It's, it's skinny. You know, sofa table. He made that slab of Brazilian rosewood, and the the legs that he made for this came from the leaf springs of a Jeep. And so Hmm. Rob actually texted me this message, and I'd like to read it because it is complimentary in so many ways. And he says, uh, so Reclaimed Audio is responsible for upcycling Jeep, Jeep leaf springs for table legs worked perfectly already had the curve I was looking for um, so basically he's saying thanks guys your podcast inspired me to go make some table legs out of these leaf springs and his wife actually loves the table I just thought that was neat one, one of our buddies mm-hmm. out there was inspired by our podcast how cool is that now the the curve of that leaf spring is very similar to the Benford's curve <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying it's aliens but it's aliens <laughs> Anyway. As he was wagging his finger about to speak, I could tell we were going to hear about the Benford curve. Yeah. Sorry, I couldn't help it. Anyway, nope. so Rob oh, Seitz and Diami Plucky, two giants in my book. Thanks, thanks, guys, for interacting with us. We love you. Everyone's a giant for me. But um, I started watching Battlestar Galacta right again? from the beginning again. I'm jealous. The original like or the good one? No, no, the good one. Okay. Um, and I ha- it's been probably, I think, maybe eight years since I last watched it, so it's pretty much, like, all new again. Where are you and, watching? Uh, maybe... Se- uh, okay. I don't want to tell you. I understand. <laughs> Let's say Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just so... When that first... when it not when it, Yeah, when it first came out and they were sending it over to Blu-ray... Because, um, yeah. you know, that was the thing to have as opposed to those CDs or DVD or whatever it was. Uh, Casey and I actually, yeah. we loved it so much, we had the whole collection at one time, and we've watched it several times. So I'd oh, I know. I borrowed yours. That's why I have it. Ah, there you go. Authorities. Yep. Right. Yes. Yep. 
Yes. Right. You didn't well, you copy it though, that time I saw you. That's illegal to copy it, so you didn't do that. Well, that's why that's we can't you. understand why Kling Spore's woodworking shop can't get you a saw blade. I just sent him a bunch of little round things over the border. <laughs> he, uh, what'd you send? The DVD, Blu-rays. The Blu-rays. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he sent it to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Remember? He Remember the no Blu-rays? Yeah, I don't know. I think it thinks that Phil Pinsky lives in Miami. I'm not sure. But anyways, I'm sure I'll get it in September. Phil, I just watched... Um, did you ever watch Firefly? Of course. I, n- I never had seen that before because it was in those years that I just didn't watch TV. And so I watched uh, it just recently right. on Hulu, oh. which I have a legal subscription yeah. to through my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Through his daughter. Uh, yeah. And um, and I loved it. And then I watched the movie version. I got I checked that out from the Serenity. library and just watched it. the movie. It was fantastic because they had a budget behind it too. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, Fireflies. so it's basically oh. it's a continuation, right? It's they exactly. wrapped up the show yeah, yeah, yeah. with the movie because it got yeah. canceled. Yeah. And so they like, kind of Serenity, it's right? Really was the name popular. of the movie Serenity? Yeah, Serenity, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Serenity. Yeah. yeah, really, really interesting. Like, never mind the plot of the movie or the show or anything, but the backdrop of the world is that sort of like uh, the Americans and the Chinese somehow merge, right? right. So that all the slang ago. that they speak in English is all like Chinese. That this like in, and if very you watch it, if you watch it with subtitles on, I always watch the TV with subtitles on. I'm just a yeah. nerd, you know. It, it just says speaking Chinese. Yeah. Like so, there'll be all like the there'll be sentences. Yeah, you guys know you saw it. There'll be yeah. like all of a sudden, just half yeah. the sentences in Chinese and it's English again. It doesn't translate it. No, because it's meant to just be like exactly a cuss word. Yeah, yeah. it's called it's exotic otherworldly language. <laughs> right, mind you, Battlestar Galactica did it also, but instead of the F word, they use frack. Well, right. they did it to that g- right. Goram in Serenity. Yeah, Goram. Yeah. So Goram. that was Chinese though, but yeah. But it was so also I like was inter- I thought that was like God. Well, I can't say because our podcast is. Well, yeah, and they, and they did right. they did an F word one too, but they didn't do it like frack. They did it. Right. They only did it like once, and it was different. I don't remember. What well, it was. the original Battlestar Galactica, they also had they had frack, but they had another word, Felger garb, and I don't know what that was in lieu of, but it it was a it was a yeah. slur, you know like a, a curse word, Felger garb. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's smart because like it lets you real like people when they're angry Swear. use cuss words. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like to to not include that in a very serious like military drama just seems out of touch. Oh, it was brilliant. So was I think perfect. they did it really well. The whole show's brilliant. Yeah. So. Whereas like you know you watch Star Trek and they never did that. You know it was just like come. Yeah. You know there's no <laughs> F bomb first. You know. You're right. It is yeah. strange. I know they're supposed to be highly evolved, but people are still always going to be people. Yeah. Um, well, you're going to stub it, your toe, whether you're, you know, in Starfleet or... Exactly. I mean, it was in... Um, oh, gosh darn. It was in the Discovery, the the new CBS Star Trek. The very yeah. first F-bomb was dropped, and it was the girl with the red-haired girl. I forget her name. Um, that, really? That was the first F-bomb in the Star Trek franchise history. Wow. Yeah. The fact that uh, you know 20, that makes me go, Wow. I heard an interview with her, and she talked about that. Yeah. And they brought it up. Tilly, she was good. Tilly, yeah. She was good. Uh, but there was there was other word. There was other word, not the F word, but yeah. But that was S-H-I-T, the first T. Let's say it was said. Yeah, it was the first F bomb. Yeah, yeah. Huh. That's funny. Awesome yeah. stuff, boys. Awesome stuff. Yeah, yeah. Another another great one in the can. Um, our websites: WilliamLutz.com, TimSway.net, and NewPerspectivesMusic.com. Frack yeah. Contact us for show. <laughs> What's that? I said frack yeah. Is that yeah. that way? <laughs> yes. Sort of. Uh, contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff. We absolutely love hearing from you guys. So send us an email, info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. You can either type it out or you can 
uh, record it and attach it to that email and send it to us. Uh, you can also hit us up on Twitter at Reclaimed Audio, iTunes reviews, go to our website www.reclaimedaudiopodcast.com where you can click to leave us an iTunes review. You can click to become a patron and get access to our pre-show where we come up with these brilliant topics. And you can also click on the Klingspores Woodworking Shop to get to that saw blade deal. And remember, use codes BROCCOLI, utilize, or disagree, and, uh, and show your support for your favorite host. All that being said, thank you for listening and have a great week. Uh, speaking of favorite host, I forgot. Diami Plaki is from the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. Check it out. Goodbye, everybody. Yes, and be good, and may the force be with you. Uh, did we talk about that one? <laughs> <laughs>